0: You can listen to The Professional Left wherever you get your podcasts on Netroots Radio or at our website, ProLeftPod.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There's a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at PO Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791.
1: This is the podcast for December 3rd, 2021. It's not safe for work.
0: Recorded live from the cornfield resistance where the leaves have fallen, the lawn is mulched. The butter cow is long gone. And women's reproductive rights remain sacrosanct. It's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. Move to Illinois, people. Move to Illinois, I tell you. Well, <laughs> I, kinda, I, I want to say that as a, as a matter of a, a welcoming committee of refugees. But <clears throat> I also fear emptying out the red states. Yeah. The point where each of them has a population equivalent to Wyoming. Yeah. But they all have two senators.
1: Right. And and later on in the show I have a conversation with Junior Dude about mm-hmm. the Illinois uh congressional map. The new map came out last week and we couldn't do we couldn't record Thanksgiving week uh uh to talk about it. But uh he points that out in the interview that I did with him that yeah. uh In order to have Democratic districts, Democratic legislatures have to cram Republicans, more and more Republicans, into smaller districts, which makes them more lopsided, which means that Democrats Mm -hmm. are actually contributing. And, you know, this is how it goes, right? It's always bad news for Biden and let's blame Democrats. Right. But Democrats, Democratic gerrymandering actually leads to safer districts for Republicans. That's true. So, because you've crammed all the Republicans into these three or four districts, they wind up being R plus fifty, right. you know, because right. you've concentrated them.
0: But and, and so and, then
1: a Republican can go off and say and do shut down the government, right, <laughs> over vaccines like they're trying to do because they're in a completely and utterly safe seat at all well, times.
0: Right? And, and, and just under that is the is the knowledge that shutting the government down because you hate Joe Biden is a perfectly legitimate thing to do in the Republican Party.
1: Right. That right. It, won't,
0: it won't cost you anything to behave like a lunatic. Except
1: that it does. And that's what Mitch McConnell knows.
0: Yes.
2: He yes, has finally
1: learned that, oh, no, we get blamed for shutdowns. And the reason you get blamed for shutdowns is because your members, Mitch McConnell, dance around like fairies and joyous <laughs> angels – you know, every time the government's shut down, this is so great. This we is We wanted great. to do this. This is and so Ted Cruz. Though. No discipline in your caucus. You're, you, he finally said, no, we're not going to do this. We're not going to shut down the government. He's lear- He's been burned enough times to know mm-hmm. that is one thing that actually the American people and to a certain extent the Beltway Press does blame republicans for because every every time they hold a microphone out to a member of the freedom caucus they're dancing about it burn
0: it all down burn it down yeah Yeah. well and i I do want to mention one thing about junior dude that is just slightly not unrelated but i found to be adorable which Mm -hmm. was when the new maps came out he was all over the house like uh some guy in Hollywood selling maps to the stars homes you know want to buy a map want to buy a map you want to see the map I got the map right here like okay I'm kind of I'm putting a a, I'm trying to tighten some screws over here no okay in a minute but these maps are amazing you should really check these maps out yeah
1: and his sister came home from work and she's exhausted he says you got to see this new map
0: which (laughs) I think is I think is terrific I think it's just terrific he has
1: a lot of enthusiasm he does yeah but yeah I'm trying to get the turkey in the oven yeah Junior dude. Yeah. But you got to see the new map.
0: Yeah, but it's it's amazing. Oh my god, do you see what they did to the 13th? Like yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. So. All right. So we'll get we to it.
1: Give him an opportunity on the podcast uh at the end to talk about uh the new maps. Yes. So, uh we've got to talk about the abortion situation in yes. the Supreme Court. Yes. And uh I just keep coming back to hey Republicans be very careful what you wish for. Yeah. You well. may get your wish on this, but, oh, my gosh, are you going to infuriate suburban white women? hmm And uh, forever. Forever. Um, and I'm kind of impressed, actually, with how much the right is completely showing their hands on this. Um, not just Amy Comey Barrett coming out and say, well, you know, you carry a baby for nine months and just give it up. Why not? Just you know, drop it off. That's not
0: the a hi- Don't they have a, a bin for that at hy yeah, Next right. to the recycling. Yeah, just drop <laughs> your baby off. store
1: right sure. next to the plastic bags. Right, sure. you just drop yeah. off your kid. No, uh, and and then uh, last night, Laura Ingram, and this is up at Crooks and Liars, said, "Look." We bought and paid for these SCOTUS judges. Right. They better do what we want. I'm pissed off about this.
0: Yeah, we bought them fair and, and square. And gonna, we're going to yep.
1: rearrange the court if they don't do exactly what we paid them to do.
0: That's right. I'm glad she's saying that. It. it and she
1: name-checked the Federalist Society yeah. on air.
0: Right. That's how we... And, and that's the part that's kind of... Um, a little bit bracing, but also a little bit like shrugging. If you if you're on the left, it's like we we know we know this. We've known this for decades. They've mm-hmm. outsourced the entire process because they need the judiciary to stay mm-hmm. uh, to to stay far right wing. They need to they need to jam it up so that it's not going to change.
1: Lifetime appointments, right? right. For
0: decades, so for they can. Decades, so right. That when all the old farts die off and people and people start to notice how badly fucked they are from Republican policies, there's no way to fix it they have jammed the door open because they fill the courts with lunatics who will uphold the craziest decisions you can imagine for the next 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's the plan. And Mitch McConnell knows that he's, you know, not going to be long for this earth and he wants his legacy to be, uh, you know, this is this actually has a little bit to do with with uh, critical race theory, which is mm-hmm. these are the dying confederacy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Who want
0: to embed in the American project institutions that will carry on their depraved legacy after they're dead. Mm -hmm. And that's what housing is like in this country. That's what Small Business Administration has been like. All the institutions in this country that are racist and have racist outcomes were put in place to keep a status quo intact. And that's exactly what Mitch McConnell is doing. It's a pure conservative move. Mm -hmm. We know the country really doesn't like us. And we know they're going to hate what we're going to do to the place. But we're going to jam up the, the machinery of government to the point where you can't fix it. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like Bush going to Iraq. Once yeah. you're in, you're screwed. There's right. no way out.
1: You're never coming out. So right. once
0: right. I once they've lied us into this war, I wanted to do, I can throw up my hands and say, Well, what are you going to do about it? You're going to get us out, really? There's no. I've left you no exit route. I've left you no way to undo the damage I've done. So now you have to compete on my ground. Now you have to do what I say, and that's what they're headed. And this is I don't. You're right. I don't think they've they have calculated how incredibly
1: they I want to say- calculated how many women have had abortions. Yeah. yeah. And, and see that in their life as a point at which they made a financial and, you know, career choice for their futures huh. and don't want to talk about it because it's private. And so, You know, it's your medical decision. It's like infertility treatment or cancer treatment or any other medical situation where you may not want to talk about it with everybody.
2: Right. Exactly.
1: And so the fact that you don't want to talk about it doesn't mean it's not a part of your personal history. One out of four women, at least in this Mm -hmm. country, have had one.
0: And if you haven't seen the um, Cecily Strong
1: uh, yeah, abortion Saturday on SNL. Night Live, right? Very good.
0: It's, it wasn't funny, but it was funny. But it wasn't funny.
1: But it wasn't funny. It was you know, very clown good. abortions. Clown abortions. You know, all my all my friends have had clown abortions, yeah. and we all of a sudden realize we've all had clown abortions, and we sit around and realize, oh my gosh, we're all right. We've survived everything and got a career and had kids later and made a decision about our life, and it turned out okay because well, and- we had. The right. We had our constitutional rights.
0: Well, and that's why Nikki Haley and Laura Ingram and mm-hmm. Amy Comey Barrett uh, are, and people like that, uh, Sarah Palin, are terribly important to the right. Yeah. Because they are women who are willing to become the go-to spokespeople for anti-women, anti anti-rights mm-hmm. programs. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, the, they're the same reason that there was a, you know, Michael Steele standing in front of the racist party. Mm-hmm. The, the right mm-hmm. can say, look, we got a woman. See that woman over there? She's a she's a lady. She has lady parts and she says abortion is evil. Ha ha. Mm-hmm. Touche, mm-hmm. liberal. So yeah. we don't need to have this argument anymore because we have women who are willing to suck up the bullets uh for for this uh incredibly evil decision on our part. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it gives them I mean, and of course, you know, the right turns to women for nothing. They give right. them nothing. So this is the one thing where they get
2: Except to be out front.
1: Sentimental it, women that are too old to have kids right. and are sentimental about babies. Yeah. Are a source of money and single issue voting for that party, and, and that was,
0: you and I both saw um, Mrs. America, the mm-hmm. Phyllis Schlafly story. Phyllis Schlafly, yeah. And the, the very end, I think it was the last episode where she finally figures out that the only thing that they care about is her mailing list. Yep. yep. And that she was, and she was, they were the the right was perfectly willing to let her whip up the women to defeat the ERA, mm-hmm.
2: and,
0: but mm-hmm. in the end. All the boys shut her out.
1: Mm-hmm. That yeah. She
0: was just a fucking useful idiot. And she finally figured out the, at the end of her. She was
1: there to make coffee yeah. in the end. At Literally. the end of her miserable,
0: yeah. racist life, she figured out that she had been utterly used by these people. And that's hopefully how, you know, Sarah Palin will will discover well, that. I could on her go on for an trip. hour
1: about Sarah Palin and yeah. reproductive rights and so forth because she considered abortion and her behavior at the time that her last child was born was clearly, in my personal opinion, dangerous mm-hmm. to the fetus, to the yep. unborn child.
2: Yep.
1: <laughs> and, uh, you know, she knew that something was unfortunately wrong with that child, that that's the her last child had... Down syndrome, and uh, she made choices that I'm sure were very difficult, but she also made choices that were brazen, Politically and she talked expedient. about it, and there are speeches that she gave that she thought were not published in private mm-hmm. about traveling to Texas, and it would have been so easy to terminate the pregnancy, and she confesses to the audience that she was considering doing it, mm-hmm. and uh, because she so, had a yeah, choice. I mean... But she she, made a choice, and that's the point. No one's trying to take away Sarah Palin's choice in those matters.
0: No, and she was perfectly willing to haul that infant out on stage at every convention. over and and over again. Like a sack of potatoes and say, see, I'm the mom here. You can trust me, I'm the mom. I can speak for moms everywhere. And, you know, the right will use you up and spit you out. And
1: her pregnant daughter, out of wedlock pregnant daughter as well. And and put a suit on that jackass that got her pregnant, mm-hmm. and pretend it's okay because she didn't have an abortion. So, you know, we're all r- we're all right with this. Everyone in this room has a daughter or niece or somebody who got pregnant out of wedlock, and as long as you don't have an abortion, it's fine.
0: Well, uh, let's pivot from extremely maternal conservatives to manly men of the right. Uh, specifically, you mean like Nick Chris Christie, Chris, like Chris Christie, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Chris well, Christy. Nick Turci
1: had a lot to say about abortion today on Twitter. I know. He- oh blocks you and and you know whatever but he he thought it was just terrible that um whoopi goldberg left men out of the reproductive equation mm-hmm. and it's like <laughs> really nick nick if you could get pregnant there would be abortion clinics at every walmart in the country
0: yes it would be part of your sag after contract
1: nick <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> yeah
0: um no, let, let's talk about an even more manly man, and that's Chris Christie. Um, I, don't,
1: I just don't want to pass over what happened uh-huh. at SCOTUS yesterday. No, no, we, um, we, we must not. And, and and how horrible it is. And I know there are people out there feeling very stressed about it. And, yeah, I get it. Uh, we may lose Roe. And it is up to us then to handle this electorally. There are women in Congress that want And no, I'm not talking about Susan fucking Collins. No. I'm talking about serious women who have serious plans to uh, make abortion legal in a congressional way. Mm -hmm. Um, It's already been... uh, Reproductive freedom has already been legislated into law in Mm -hmm. Massachusetts and Illinois um, and other states. And uh, if we're going to have this two-tier constitutional right for women... I guarantee you this is going to hurt states. It's going to be just like segregation. It's going to hurt financially, hurt states that go that route, that go the women are not fully, full citizens route. Speaking of someone who has two college-age daughters, I can tell you high-performing college-age women are not going to go to college in states where abortion is illegal. Mm-hmm. And no. that is a long-term death knell for those states economically.
0: Well, if I may make a suggestion to members of Congress now, mm-hmm. um, liberal members of Congress, mm-hmm. um, th- in the same way that uh, I think it was Charlie Wrangel, I'm not sure who proposed reinstituting the draft, Oh yeah, um, just yeah. as a matter of oh, you want th- this needs to sting. This yeah, war needs right. to sting. so let's let's draft all these all these mouthy Republican young men. Mm-hmm. Who want to fight from behind their keyboards?
1: Right.
3: Um,
0: right. Which is not a policy I support, but I no, support an the anti-war.
1: Attitude. He was making right. an anti-war statement, right. I, right? I
0: would, I would hope that someone in on the on the left in the House would propose cutting off all aid to countries where abortion is legal,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and watch the pro-Israeli lobby on the right lose their fucking yep. minds. Yep. Because yep. guess where your tax money is going? It's going to Israel, where abortions are available on demand. Mm-hmm. And they're taxpayers supported. And it's perfectly okay. And you never hear word fucking one from yeah. the right wing, you know, let's all support Israel until the judgment day when, mm-hmm. when we run out of use for it. Right. Um from the right. <laughs>
1: yep.
0: Um yeah. No, it's a terrible day. It's it's a terrible day. And this I, I think I'm stealing from your T V husband here, um, saying that this this was Ellie Mistel. Ellie Mistel. Um this case was decided back in 2016. Yep. When Mitch McConnell stole a Supreme Court seat from Barack Obama, got away with it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then mm-hmm. then the right learned, oh, we can get away with anything. We can we can right. do anything now, and there's because no, we there's have no, the Senate. Sure, there's nothing to stop us, so we can make up a fucking rule about no, you can't support, and then just reverse that rule and just take our dicks out and wave it at the press and say, we dare you, we fucking dare you to call us hypocrites because we know we're hypocrites. We just don't care, and you right. have no ability in your tiny little bubble universe in the Beltway to cope with the fact that we are monsters mm-hmm. and we're happy to be monsters. We like being monsters. Because
1: we get to have power that way. Yeah, yes,
0: That's how. Right. the only way we get to have power. Um,
1: right. All right. So you want to talk about Chris Christie?
0: I don't want to, but I feel we have to. <laughs> um, speaking of creatures that uh, don't have power anymore, um, because Chris Christie is entirely a creation of the Beltway media, um, when his book dropped last week, I think it was, he got the full Gingrich treatment. He was everywhere. He was on CNBC and MSNBC. Last week. Yes, yeah. we did. He was all over the place and man, they loved him. Everybody, but Nicole Wallace was just lathered to have him on their show. He was on podcasts. He was on the radio. He was everywhere. And then his book crashed really hard. Uh, according to Eric Bullard's press run, Christie's book, Republican Rescue, sold just 2,289 copies <laughs> during its first week in the stores.
1: No one's which, giving it for Christmas, yet. No, at
0: all. I, I, I believe it is underselling the paperback edition of The Christmas Sweater by Glenn <laughs> Beck, which you know just surprises no one. Uh, this is a colossal publishing flop. Uh, that figure does not include digital copies of the book, but based on industry sales patterns given Christie's weak showing in stores, he likely sold only a few hundred digital digital copies on Sunday. Uh, Republican Rescue is ranked fifteen thousand five hundred forty fifth at Amazon's Kindle store. Oh my gosh! Uh yeah, and that's how much actual humans who don't get their money from CBS or NBC or ABC or
1: Viacom, right? Or Viacom
0: hate Chris Christie and yeah. don't want to see him ever again. And, and it's and and you know what? He's he's universally hated. The the people who I always have a you know bone of contention with over at the Bulwark were like, get him off the fucking stage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, okay, on this one thing we agree. Now Mm -hmm. I disagree because you're willing to let any clown show up at your door and forgive them as long as they use the words Trump is an asshole. Mm
2: -hmm. Doesn't matter Mm -hmm. how
0: how long it took them or what they really believe or whether they're not going to stab you in the back. Your standard is if you show up, you say the right words, you're in. Except Chris Christie. So. Chris Christie is uniquely hated by everyone and rightly so. So I'm glad to see him crash and
1: burn. I want to give big applause to Ilhan Omar this week um, for her courage in standing up to Lauren Boebert and the death threats that she's getting uh, on voicemail. And she and her staff are are dealing with over this garbage person, Mm -hmm. Lauren Boebert, you know, like Marjorie green before her has zero redeeming qualities. Oh, that's right. And, um, these, these Bobert inspired death threats. Uh, I was proud that Ilhan Omar took the time to make the beltway press, listen to a voicemail, Mm -hmm. um, and playing it at her press conference out loud. So that the Beltway Press has to set has to acknowledge it that this American person mm-hmm. left this kind of message for a sitting congresswoman.
0: hmm And felt perfectly and, comfortable doing so.
1: Yeah. And and, and yeah. you know, using sand and word is a Republican thing. <laughs> I'm well, sorry, yeah. it is. Yeah. As I tweeted, this is this is what Republicans do.
0: This is how they talk. When the microphones are off, this is how they talk. This is how they, the they talk diners. when they know
1: they're being recorded. Mm-hmm. When they're talking well, this is, to a congressional voicemail.
0: When, when in all those diners out there that mm-hmm. New York Times, mm-hmm. the Washington Post invades and colonizes. When the the journalists leave, this is how they talk. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And um, you and I listened to the voicemail together, and I looked at you and said, "Well, he's had a little bit of help with from some alcohol to get his courage up." Mm-hmm. and he kept threatening her life four or five times. She's going to die. She's going to die. And then he said, military tribunal.
0: That's right. We're going to get you. I know military guys. We're going to get a tribunal. It's going to be great.
1: Right. And you yeah. said, oh, he must have noticed the G.I. Joe dolls on his desk all yeah. of a sudden. Oh, you one
0: know? more thing. There's a, with Kung Fu grip, we're going to get you on the tribunal. Yeah,
1: yeah. My Military tribunal. Uh-huh. But that doesn't negate The horrifying fear that you would have from a drunk asshole who -hmm. clearly hates you to the point of threatening murder Mm -hmm. and the likelihood that he owns guns is pretty high. Right. Uh, But he but she forced the Beltway media to acknowledge that this person exists and that this person can be manipulated into doing this by another sitting congresswoman who is a shameful person and should not be there. Right. And uh, that didn't stop uh, the Beltway Press and and the mainstream media from watering it down, from watering that whole thing down into Mm -hmm. Mm both-siderism. The headline at Axios, until they fixed it because they got (laughs) railed in public. Yes, they did. The initial headline at Axios was, Omar releases profanity-laced voicemail. Yeah. Really?
0: That's the story. That's the story. story.
1: She released a profanity, you know, no no part about it's from a Republican Mm -hmm. who's inspired by Lauren Boebert. And the New York fucking Times. Yeah. (laughs) And that's how they're going to be referred to on this podcast from now on. Mm -hmm. The New York fucking Times said in the earlier part of the story, Boebert reaches out to Omar after incendiary video escalating a feud. Uh Uh-huh. With the lead representative Lauren Boebert made an overture to Representative Ilhan Omar after suggesting that the Muslim lawmaker was a terrorism threat. Mm-hmm. The call did not go well
0: after suggesting for the second or third time because mm-hmm. this is this has become a In, line at with her
1: fundraisers yeah. for fun mm-hmm. that this this Muslim American congresswoman, her colleague at work is a terrorist. And, um, you know, Al Franken was on CNN yesterday mm-hmm. saying, I I can't imagine any other workplace in the world. You go to HR, uh, HR comes over and says, Bob, did you say that Mary was a jihadist on television? Did you go before... Some of our fundraising uh, sources, and say some of our, our our revenue sources, and call one of your colleagues a jihad, you know, brigade or the the jihad squad. Did you do that?
0: Uh, why would you ask such yeah. a question? You know, mm-hmm. did you
1: make a video and publish it with one of your colleagues being murdered in anime?
0: You know, it's just a
1: Bob, joke. did you do that?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> They'd be mm-hmm.
1: out on their ass. And so there's there's apparently a club drift glass. <laughs> yeah. Where some of these things are allowed to just continue. And mm-hmm. uh it's it's uh, very, very sad. But I'm well, very proud of Ilan Omar for you know, and, and as you said to me yesterday, mm-hmm. If we had an OAN or a Newsmax, we could just run that voicemail 24-7 for six months.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And say,
1: if... here's how Republicans think. This is, what, this is how Republicans talk to one another. Mm-hmm. This is your Republican neighbor calling a woman and talking to her this way. I hope you're proud of, well, of your party. And
0: I, I cast my mind back mm-hmm. to the 2015-16 presidential election. But well, it turns out that Donald Trump's campaign CEO was a white supremacist. Yeah. And that's just a fact. That's a fact. He hired this person because they were a skinhead racist scumbag. That's why he hired them, because those are the people that he likes and wants to hang out with and trust to run his campaign. And Hillary Clinton pointed out, the Clinton campaign pointed out that, hey, he hired a white <laughs> supremacist to mm-hmm. run his fucking campaign. Mm-hmm. And the story from Meet the Press was... Both sides race to the bottom.
1: Racing to the bottom, really.
0: And nobody took a a bag of walnuts to Chuck Todd's head and said, Chuck, let me explain to you. And every syllable, you're going to feel some walnuts coming upside your head to explain (laughs) to you the difference between a person who hires a racist and the person who points out, hey, maybe hiring racists is a bad idea. Because in Chuck Todd's Beltway Media World, they're just the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and it is, it is beyond, um, way beyond. It's decades beyond the point where this is, um, a toxic problem that will destroy democracy. It's yeah. way too late to fix this. It's just what we have left is pointing it out. And and Ilhan Omar did exactly the right thing. Yes, she did. She simply took it right to them in an open microphone where the reporters are sitting there and said, "Listen to this," mm-hmm. and force them but that's the thing you have to force them mm-hmm. to report the story because the story they want to report so badly is you know is that both Barack sides, Obama yeah and, and some asshole cop you know got their their signals crossed so they're gonna have a beer summit because both sides were really you know out of line yeah and both sides were because uh, that's all they know how to do that's what they were hired to do that's what they were, they were bred that's what to management
1: do management tells them to do every yeah. day yeah. And if
0: they don't do it they're out on their ass like mm-hmm. like david gregory so that's why understanding why the media is broken mm-hmm. and why we can't fix it it can't be fixed by us from the outside it will never be fixed by us the only solution is one that's just going to take a long time and a lot of money which neither of us we, which we don't have which mm-hmm. is building a liberal media infrastructure that can pound this message home with as much ferocity and velocity as fox news pounds the lies home right right um
1: drift class. when when we get to uh my interview with junior dude yes um i try to bring up adam kinslinger huh and the fact that adam kinslinger is not running in 2022 for uh-huh. his new district uh means uh junior dude just goes yeah never mind, never mind. <laughs> you know i don't yeah. want to talk about him cuz he's not going to be a congressman yeah. in in 18 months but uh you listened to Adam Kinzinger this week, didn't you?
0: I did. I did. I, uh, the idea of Junior Dude just taking this pawn off the board. No, we're not he talking did. about him anymore. You took it
1: off the board. He's off the board,
0: Mom. You'll and hear no, it. You'll hear yeah. it. <laughs> um, no, yeah, well, you know, I, I have made no secret that I listen to a lot of podcasts, a wide variety of podcasts. I don't listen to extreme right wing podcasts. I don't listen to, I don't know, uh, uh, I don't listen to the Sean Hannity show. Even though right. it's broadcast on my radio every day where I live, <laughs> I do not listen to the Sean Hannity show. Because I know what they're going to say. There's no mystery involved there. I learn nothing from them. But I do listen to uh, a, what I believe is a pretty broad spectrum of political podcasts. Um, and I have uh, started listening to, sampling every now and then, uh, Joe Walsh talking to people. This is, by the way, this little riff coming up is not about Joe Walsh. Okay, uh, it's it's right. what this interaction reveals to me. And it, it opens up into a broader topic, which is, so this week he's interviewing Adam Kinzinger, which was pretty awful. I Straight down the board. But it got me thinking that maybe it's time to talk about why, why these handful of goofs who are finally either kicked out of the party or left or whatever can never, ever bring themselves to pull up their big boy pants and join the Democrats. It's just, it's it's, the the whole thought sickens them. It horrifies them.
1: Do you listen to the Steve Bannon podcast?
0: Only when I'm listening to Hal Sparks talk about the Steve Bannon (laughs) podcast. And, and I believe applause. I walk past, I walk past and say, turn that shit down um, <laughs> and then go make a sandwich or something. Um, so during this conversation, which again is awful, you shouldn't listen to it. It's dumb. Uh, but Adam Kinzinger openly laughs at the suggestion that um, he should in any way join the Democratic Party. He said, no, I'm a Republican. I'm a Republican. I'm a conservative Republican. I, you know, the idea that he would ever become a Democrat is, is just ridiculous. Um, and he says shit like, you know, the Democrats are just five years behind where the Republicans are, you know, just five years away. They're just as bad. They're just a little behind the curve because that both siderism that he learned from Chuck Todd and, and mm-hmm. other people is what defends him from having an indefensible political ideology. And the Democrats are crazy and reckless for even proposing anything like a Build Back Better bill during these inflationary times. Blue
1: During cow. these inflationary yeah. times.
0: And, and, you know, Three years ago, five years ago, it would have been during these deficit times,
1: during time of war, yeah, during time it, of whatever, yeah. Yeah,
0: and and then Joe Walsh complimented him on his principled stance against voting rights because Adam Kinzinger, as you know, voted against voting rights. Wow, Adam Kinzinger is no fucking hero. He's a Republican yeah. who finally his gag reflex kicked in. So because all of them still believe in the conservative project. And the only tangible difference between them and the Trumpers is that they want to go back to not saying the crazy racist shit out loud. Right. That's the only difference right. between them. The well, rest they of the party—they want
1: that cocktail party Republican, which is couth at right. the golf club. Right.
0: Yeah. They don't. They don't care. I mean, the one thing you learn when you study conservative history at all is that they entirely depend on a racist homophobic, xenophobic, stupid base to win elections. Mm-hmm. Without stupid racists, they would never win another election and everybody on the right knows it. But the problem they always have, this eternal problem is, how do you keep them voting for us and keep pandering to them without saying the shit out loud? You know, how do we get away with pandering to the racists, pandering to the, the bigots and, and continuing to tell them their paranoia is patriotism and not have that show up in the New York Times? Mm-hmm. And the answer is, well, you have a thin coating of respectable Republicans at the top um, who who simply deny it's it's happening at all. Or if it's happening, Democrats are just as bad. Mm -hmm. So the idea that there's any distinguishable difference between Adam Kinzinger and the rest of the GOP is ridiculous. It's just that he wants the crazies to shut up. Mm -hmm. And the crazies are like, no, shit, we're out of the cave now. Mm -hmm. We love Mm -hmm. this stuff. And this is why they're they're so energized. They're they're finally allowed to loosen their pants after a Thanksgiving dinner and say, I love this shit. Let's keep that. Marjorie –
1: I have to confess that I heard a moment of Marjorie Taylor Greene on the Stephen K. Bannon podcast Uh saying, I don't think they realize that we, meaning her wing of the party, we are the Republican majority. We are the ones that run the party. And it's like, oh, there's a real moment of clarity there because – Yes, absolutely. She's, right. <laughs> She's absolutely right.
0: And this is something that liberals have been saying for decades. And yeah. this is the reason liberals are not allowed on television and liberals are not right. allowed to say this on, on you know, the Bulwark podcast, mm-hmm. because it completely screws up their theory that suddenly the party spontaneously lost its mind in 2016 and nothing they did before that has any bearing on what happened today. So my question that, that comes up when I listen to things like this is not the TikTok of the bad things they say or the dumb things they say. But what is the conservative project? What is it about that that binds all of these people together and makes the idea of siding with Democrats just so sickening to them, so horrifying to them? What is the, and this is how I framed it in my mind, the conservative operating system? Mm-hmm. What's the OS that all these people share? Everyone from Liz Cheney to Mitch McConnell all share the same operating system. They're all different apps they all have the same operating system. So what's the operating system? And you have to start with religion.
2: But mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: there's a special providence or a force of history or evolution, if you're a libertarian or whatever, which has given America a special destiny. America has a special purpose. It's
1: manifest destiny.
0: Uh-huh. Just, just like again. the jerk. Yeah. Yeah. We have a special purpose. <laughs> and we must... Discover our special purpose and, and sort of know what the special purpose is. God has a plan for America. And therefore, any attempt to meddle with God's plan is doomed to failure and worse, it will backfire and make things even worse. Uh, that's why Reagan said government is the problem. Mm-hmm. Any attempt to meddle or screw with the, the natural order of things is, is doomed and it will produce horrible uh, backfire results. Now, in order to protect God's plan from meddling, the country must be ruled by an aristocratic hierarchy of conservative Christian white men, because they're the ones who know what's going on, and to them, all things are permitted, because they're the ruling class, and that's that's how things must be, and it's the ruling class of conservative Christian white men versus the meddlers, the one who, people who want to tamper with the plan, and the meddlers— or anyone who wants to change the status quo in any way? That's why they're called conservatives. They want to conserve things. They want pe- nothing to change. Anything that changes is bad. So, anyone who wants to expand voting rights is the enemy, or guarantee civil rights is the enemy, or protect women's autonomy over her own body is the enemy, or provide for the poor is the enemy, or to ensure that people have, like, let's say, affordable health care, or clean air, or clean water by government mandate. All those things mark you as the eternal enemy of God's plan. Now, those beliefs are all hardwired into all conservatives. Now, those in the brain cast, those people up there at the top, the George Wills and the, the Tom Nicholses and the and the, the thinkers, the Bill Crystals in the party, they understand those beliefs explicitly, which is why they're adamant that Democrats Uh, must let them run the show. All the folks who've been kicked out of the party or or walked out of the party all agree that Democrats need to shut up and sit down and let them run things because they're aristocrats. They believe God wants them to be the shot callers, the bosses, the people who are steering the great ship ship of state. So since they've been kicked out of the GOP, Democrats need to shut up and sit down and let them run things. And that's why they get really, really mad when we tell them, no, you can't. Because they're, they're the monarchy. How dare you suggest we shouldn't run things? And those in the lower castes, the the, the base, the dum-dums, the racists, they've absorbed all this through osmosis, through decades of soaking in right-wing hate radio and Fox News. They, they sort of believe this stuff. They might not have it all explicitly thought out in their minds, but they really believe that the left is the enemy, always, eternally. Um, That left must be destroyed, always. You can't compromise with anyone on the left, always. And that white men should run things. I mean, they, they all believe that. So here's the thing. Back when I was at Columbia College, our department had around 400 computers, half of which were Windows and half of which were Macs. And the Windows machines we're constantly picking up viruses that would just bounce off the Macs because the Macs were running a completely different operating system. And this is my analogy for what's happening to the GOP. Trump swept to power on the right because his appeal was perfectly tailored to the conservative operating system. Now, you can call him a virus, you can call him an app, whatever you want to call him, but his appeal would bounce right off the Democratic Party because his appeal mm-hmm. was to nativism, to... to uh, 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 nostalgia for a time that never was, to this period of white people, to shutting down the border, and to blaming everything on the left. And that is the conservative operating system. And it's all part of a plan. It's all part of God's great plan. And this, in my opinion, is also why the Lincoln Project consistently failed to deliver on any of its promises. But it keeps chugging along. They keep getting money from God knows where. Because they fundamentally do not understand the Democratic Party for which they now claim to be working or leading or advocating. They really do think that the shit that they pulled to get stupid races to the polls would work to get Democrats to the polls. Yeah. And it yeah. didn't. It just didn't because that's all they know how to do.
1: Well, and that that virus analogy works very well when you talk about foreign interference in our elections and what they found out on Facebook, particularly in trying to tailor messages to Republicans about with disinformation. Right. Whereas when you went to liberal Facebook pages, someone would immediately fact, fact check you in the comments right. and it was over. Right.
2: Argument <laughs> and so the
1: virus was, would bounce right off. You could not uh, plant disinformation. Uh, you can't plant disinformation on a liberal Reddit website because someone will flatten you immediately yeah and well, so that's that's it yeah and
0: that's why debating conservatives is essentially futile yeah because it doesn't i mean as i personally experienced it doesn't matter how many times you prove that what they believe in this one case is a lie
1: because yeah, the next liberals are and, just as bad drift glass <laughs> liberals are
0: just as bad and liberal fact checkers are funded by the soros organization yeah and you yeah. can't and even when you prove beyond any doubt just change the subject and then the whole system resets itself and tomorrow there's a new lie yeah. because they are wired into this operating system that mm-hmm. truly believes that God has a plan for them. And the plan involves white men, white Christian running conservative men running everything. Yeah. Yeah. And anyone who says otherwise is automatically the enemy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and that's why forming an alliance with these people is insane. Because, yeah, yeah I'm sure Adam Kinsinger is going to be temporarily inconvenienced by not having a congressional seat. Mm-hmm. Because then he'll show up on MSNBC and he'll do fine. right? But the reason we can't have an alliance with him is that he can't understand that he's the fucking problem, mm-hmm. that his ideology, that his operating system is the problem. And his operating system, the conservative project, will always generate monsters. Because hmm. what they believe in their deep in their hearts is fundamentally anti-democratic.
1: And racist, yeah. And racist. Yep. And racist. Yep.
0: But they believe in a theocracy. Now they can call it whatever they want, but they believe God intends them to rule, and anything that stands in the way of that is bad. That is the definition of a theocracy, and and the conservative operating system will always produce these results. Mm-hmm. And that's why it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter what
1: this changes. But that is says. tyranny for everyone, including white men. So right, you know that's that's the issue. Hey, drift class, we got to make leave room in this podcast for our moment with uh, junior dudes. So let's do news roundup.
0: Rock and roll, baby. All right. After you.
1: Daisy Abrams has announced her second run for Georgia governor, and Simone Sanders has announced she's leaving her job as Kamala Harris's chief of staff in order to help Abrams win. To no one's surprise, this has been widely reported in conservative media as Kamala Harris drives out good people and Dems collapsing. I will point out to you again that uh, (laughs) in Georgia municipal elections this past month, uh, the Georgia Democrats flipped over 35 seats. Yeah. Uh, and that's because Stacey Abrams wasn't governor. She had time on her hands. She was.
0: You mean she wasn't going on bulwark podcast, bitching no. the Democratic Party sucks? No, she
1: had time on her hands because she'd been cheated out of the governor's office. Uh-huh. And uh, she went out and registered voters and got her people to the polls. So, honest, you know, in local if, elections.
0: If, if If my future is... Governed, if I have to look up and see um, Simone Sanders and Stacey Abrams running my country,
1: and that Kamala is a future Harris running your country. I, yeah. I can
0: confidently hand off this country to the next generation. And go, you guys, <laughs> this is awesome. Just calm down. Let them run things for a couple hundred years and everything will work out.
1: Yeah, that is the, a future. The problem, the problem that I have with that statement is let because we're not letting them do anything, oh, they're right. leaders. Let and me put it so. this way
0: if my future looks like them,
1: uh-huh. You're I'm good. a happy
0: guy. <laughs> I'm a happy guy. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled with that future. And a science fiction guy, you know, science fiction is 90% dystopian. So I like a nice utopian vision of the future for, for our kids and for everyone's kids. Um, today, the Biden administration announced that health insurers must cover the cost of at-home COVID testing. For those not covered by private insurance, they will make available free tests at thousands of locations, like rural clinics and community health centers, for folks to pick up and test at home. It's a big fucking deal.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. According to former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, who says one thing on Fox and one thing in his book.
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, But in his book, he says Donald Trump tested positive for the coronavirus three days before his first debate against Biden in 2020 Mm -hmm. and lied about it. Uh, as part of his book promotion strategy, I, I think he's going to sell as many books as Chris Christie, maybe. Uh,
0: maybe twice as many. I don't know, maybe 4,000. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Mark Meadows also agreed to cooperate with the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Uh, Trump called it fake news. And, and uh, you know, Mark Meadows went on Fox and said, oh, yeah, fake news. That's right. So
0: I wonder if he's going to show up in the uh, in, at Congress with a book display. Yeah. And you know, sign copies.
1: <laughs> sign copies um, for all the members of the committee here. Yeah.
0: As you as we've already mentioned, as of this podcast, the Supreme Court appears likely to uphold a Mississippi law that bans almost all abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy.
1: The first confirmed US case of the coronavirus Omicron variant was detected in California. The CDC says the fully vaccinated traveler who returned to California from South Africa on November twenty second has mild COVID. 19 symptoms. He is, uh, separated from other people other people around him did not catch it. Um, he is improving and, uh, there have been some Israeli studies as well, showing that vaccinated people seem to be getting a mild, uh, illness from this. So we're hopeful that this is not uh, at, as big a deal and we encourage you to get vaccinated and get your booster shots it's time we're, to we're do both that. boosted
0: you know charlie pierce got his booster yesterday so come on people oh, if charlie come on pierce, people
1: come on people
0: um the house freedom caucus what a name what a name uh is urging mitch mcconnell to force a government shutdown in an effort to defund the biden administration's vaccine mandates god
1: of 18 to 29 year olds believe that American democracy is either in trouble or failing. And this is another opportunity to mention junior dude who deleted the news app from his phone yesterday because of anxiety. Yeah. A a great idea. uh, We, we encourage that for now because being constantly inundated with it is not helpful.
0: And what we, the same advice we offer each other and offer at home is the same advice we put on this podcast, which is chop wood, carry water. Do what yep. you can, where you can. Find something tangible you can do with your time mm-hmm. to make the world around you a better place.
1: Postcards to voters right now, or at least at my, the most recent time I signed up for it mm-hmm. was uh, encouraging Florida voters to sign up for voter by mail, vote by mail. Florida yeah. Democrats to vote by mail. Um, the places where we can ask voters to register for vote by mail is a really positive thing to do. It is. Um, and so just chop would carry water. Absolutely.
0: Uh, this week, Germany announced a nationwide lockdown for the unvaccinated.
1: <clears throat> Good for them. NBC is reporting that Georgia election workers are suing noted wingnut conspiracy puke funnel, the gateway pundit. Go ahead and Google stupidest man on the Internet. I dare you. Yeah. Uh, Over its campaign of lies, election workers Ruby Freeman, a retired 911 call center worker, and her daughter, Shay Moss, allege in the lawsuit that Jim and Joe Hoft, twin brothers who operate and write for the Gateway Pundit, conducted a campaign of lies that instigated a deluge of intimidation, harassment, and threats that has forced them to change their phone numbers, delete their online accounts, and fear for their physical safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, people push their way into their home and trying to do a citizen's arrest because Gateway Pundit decided to publish these poor women's names and lie about them for Donald mm-hmm. Trump.
0: Yep, and if that's and
1: not illegal. And they should be sued out of existence. I will miss you, Gateway Pundit, from the standpoint of poking fun at you. Mm-hmm. But you're a danger to democracy and you should go.
0: You know what? I will take a boring life that is Gateway Pundit free over an exciting yeah. life that's full of Gateway Pundit insanity.
1: <laughs> Bullshit. Every
0: day of the week. Yeah. Every day. Um, well, they're just the,
1: they are just an, an outlier in terms of how awful they are. Like, yeah. l- you know, like Steve Bannon. There are just some pimples that are just ragingly infected on the Internet. And these are one of them.
0: And as as we discussed earlier in this podcast, the ratchet is always further to the right. It never mm-hmm. is. You know. You know what? Let's be a little more reasonable today. No, 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 no. Our the the mob of of mopes and and morons who listen to us will not accept a reasoned approach to government. We mm-hmm. have to keep pushing further and further right. So they do, and until they're stopped, and I mean stopped hard, they're going to keep doing it. Uh, this week, Market Watch has a long article entitled The Good News About the Economy That You're Not Hearing Enough About. The recovery from the recession has been remarkably strong. The U.S. recovery is all the more extraordinary because it's so unusual. The U.S. is the only leading advanced economy to have exceeded its pre pandemic levels, according to the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. In fact, data from the most recent quarter shows that the real GDP, which is the GDP adjusted for inflation, is around 13% higher than the end of the COVID-19 recession. What's even more noteworthy is that we are recovering much quicker in comparison to our two most recent recessions. At the end of 2008 recession, it took 66 months or 5.5 years to get to around 13% of its end of recession levels. At the end of the 2001 recession, it took 51 months or more than four years to get to that point. The unemployment rate, which reflects those not working but available and actively looking for work, has declined quickly and much faster than predicted. Last month, the unemployment rate fell to 4.6% two years ahead of what the Congressional Budget Office had forecasted. The economic recovery is thanks in part to intentional fiscal policy, specifically the American Rescue Plan, which ensured the mistakes of the past were not repeated. Child poverty has also been cut nearly in half thanks to the child tax credit payments. Since March 2021, when the American Rescue Plan was passed, 4.3 million more people have found employment. Wages and real disposable income are up, especially for low-wage workers who are disproportionately women and people of color and who've experienced consistent wage growth since April 2021. In other words, bad news for Joe Biden.
1: Bad news for Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. But, you know... Paul Krugman is slamming his hands on the desk and saying, "Thank you, <laughs> okay. you're welcome." Yeah, and you <laughs> know been what? Telling you this for the past three recessions.
0: If we had an actual liberal media, uh huh, you know, this would be the story every day, all day long.
1: Imagine well, and the a- other thing about all of this recovery, though, and compared to other countries, especially, mm-hmm. is how easy it is for americans to get vaccines yeah absolutely and we're not sharing we're we're protecting the patent and mm-hmm. we're you know it, it's fine for us because we get to get the vaccine for free right that's right other countries don't have that access and that is a moral failing on the part of the united states of america and, and it's also stupid. that yeah, because
0: it's also—I mean, it is clearly a moral. It's how
1: failing. you get an Omicron va- That's variant. That's exactly right. Hello?
0: You want you want to stop the variants, then stop the entire spread of the vaccine or spread of the, spread of the virus. Stop yeah. it everywhere possible. Um, but you know, but we
1: and yeah,
0: we have learned the lesson of the past. The Biden administration has and are doing yeah. all the right things. Pumping and we
1: ha- m- printed money into the economy. Yeah. works. And
0: yes. we're we're using science to solve problems,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is sounds very enlightenment to me. Uh, well, I know that makes, and we're
1: using self-interest as well. I mean, when yeah. we look at this this issue with, I don't know if you saw what, I, I believe he's Israeli. Um, the uh, chairman of Hasbro was on TV yesterday. He met with the White House and said, oh, no, supply chain problems are all over. I've got all my stuff off the yeah. boat and it's all oh, on yeah. the shelves. Everybody can get a Barbie doll. Don't worry about it. You know, it's like
0: What about the Legos? Yeah, no Legos yeah, are covered. No, got there. plenty of got Legos. It. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah.
1: yeah. And they applied, as you said, I think a couple of weeks ago. You know, fines if you if your stuff is sitting on the on the dock.
2: Uh-huh.
1: You're going to pay an extra tax on it. Oh, right. no, oh, I'm okay. not. Okay. You mean it's going to affect my shareholders? Get that stuff moving. Right. Uh-huh. And they, it was to their interest to hire people at higher wages to get stuff moving. Yes. So.
0: All it takes is a little bit of a government boot in the ass every now and then.
1: Yeah. And leadership.
0: To make them do the right thing. Yeah. And leadership and the availability of uh, all the, you know, all the bounty that this country has and all the mm-hmm. scientific expertise that it has so that's not something that you hate and mock and fear. I mean this is why we're called progressives. We believe in progress. We believe in science. We believe in helping people who who need help mm-hmm. and we believe in using government to do those things. And And I'd and,
1: and also like to applaud another congresswoman named Lauren, not not the not the garbage one, but Lauren, Lauren Underwood? Underwood. Yeah. is uh our Illinois congresswoman. She's not my congresswoman. I wish she was, but she's yeah. um in another district in Illinois and uh, Joe Biden signed part of her momnibus actions this week in Mm -hmm. particular. I mean, there are just certain places where the federal government can govern its own activities. And she was able to get um, birth equity, the idea of um, pregnancy and birth, childbirth outcomes among African-American women is much lower than white women. And, uh, you know, black women are dying in childbirth and and dying while pregnant, and, and it's horrible. And uh, the the first bill, the one that she was able to get passed, part, a lot of what she's doing is in the Build Back Better program, but what she was able to get passed and what Biden signed this week has to do with VA hospitals. And you don't think about it, but there is a very large number of women veterans under 40 out there today. Uh And because of that, they are in, you know, reproductive age range and want to have children. And we want those pregnancies to be healthy and safe. And so the VA hospitals being given the funds and the ability and the directive to go looking for racial equity and desirable outcomes for pregnancy and childbirth across the board is a really positive thing. And Joe Biden signed that law. He did. This week from an Illinois Congresswoman named Lauren Underwood. And we're very proud. Yes.
0: And welcome to Illinois. Really. If you're you're looking for a place to land, man, I tell you. On that
1: note, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I recorded this interview with junior dude on zoom. So the sound quality it's in mono and the sound quality is a little bit lower than what Mm -hmm. we do. But, uh, I'm grateful that we're able to do it, and uh, here it is. Hi, Junior Dude. Hey, Mom. Hi. So we're on the podcast. We're going to talk about um, redistricting, specifically in Illinois. I wanted to talk to you about our own district, which is still called Illinois 13 with the new system. Is that right? Yes. Okay. That is correct. It's still Illinois 13, but Rodney Davis is not in our district anymore. He is our current congressman. And as of 20, what, 2023, is that, how does it work?
3: As of 2023, when the new Congress is sworn in. Okay, in January. uh, He's not going to be. He will be
1: representing another district. Another
3: district. If he wins. Yeah, if he wins that, which it probably will.
1: You think he probably will? Okay. Most
3: likely, unless, I never know with primaries, but.
1: Right, in Illinois 15, there isn't another current congressman, There's Darren Lahood no, in a different
3: district, right? No, Darren Lahood's in the new uh 16th right. district.
1: Okay. Along with Adam Kinzinger, who's not running. So
3: it's j- just Darren LaHood. It's just Darren Lahood. That.
1: Now getting back to Illinois 13, that is an open district now. Correct? Yes. All right. Correct. It is. Um, it seems to me that it's a more democratic district. Would you agree with that?
3: Absolutely, I would agree with that.
1: Yeah. Why? Why would you say that?
3: Because it is. It <laughs> it, it goes it, it goes um from being a uh, light leaning Republican seat on five thirty eight. It goes from uh, Republican plus eight all the way to Democratic plus seven. So almost a complete.
1: 15 point Uh, swing a
3: 15 point swing they packed packed in a lot of the uh, a lot of the urban areas down in the central southern part of the part of Illinois so
1: yeah so front and this is a snake this district is a snake
3: Uh, so it runs from east St. Louis
1: all the way to Champaign all the way to Champaign which is many miles away (laughs) it's a smaller area geographically than the previous current 13th yes yeah yeah because they've carved out republican votes and given them to other people other people
3: goes yeah and it really does pack in a lot of the cities Mm -hmm. down in central south central illinois including uh east st louis like you said springfield
1: uh decatur uh, and champaign so those are educated urban voters We are in a D plus seven district. That's what 538 calls us. Correct. Rodney Davis is in the 15th district now. He's our old congressman. Yes. Illinois 15th wraps itself around the 13th district, literally.
3: Or or, or another way you could put it is that the 13th cuts into the 15th. It It does. uh,
1: Yeah. It almost slices it it in half. Illinois thirteenth, our district, it, you said was D plus seven. Correct. Rodney Davis's new district, Illinois fifteen, is R plus forty two. Yes, it is. That seems ridiculous to me.
3: Oh, they're packing all the Republican votes into, into one district, as, in a, into district. into as few districts as possible.
1: Yeah. So actually, and three. There's three Republican districts. Three Republican now. districts. Solid. And the district
3: the 15th even isn't even the most republican either it isn't that's, it isn't no it's that uh honor goes to the uh illinois the new illinois 12 which is the mo- southernmost district
1: and that's all illinois. the way down south goes all the way down to the yeah. kentucky the kentucky border right
3: oh yes yes it it makes up the entire kentucky border uh it it goes as far north as as just adjacent to Terre Haute in Indiana.
1: Oh yeah, okay.
3: So it, it, it for reference that's how far north it goes.
1: And how how tilted is that toward the Republican Party? Uh, forty
3: six points versus R just plus forty six. That's just versus, ridiculous. Versus forty two for the fifteenth. But that's that's because there aren't really aside from maybe Carbondale. It's it's not and maybe Effingham too, it's not really, doesn't really have any big cities. Uh, right.
1: What I'm thinking about when I think about this, because there are some districts up in Chicago uh-huh. that are this lopsided for the Democrats. I look at the Illinois 7th District, which is one of three that that have a large concentration of Black voters up in the Chicago yes. area.
3: Funny that you mentioned the 7th. It, it, that's actually the most Democratic of all the districts and uh in this new map at, yeah. at 70 over at 70 e plus points.
1: 70 so See, that's ridiculous <laughs> that's it, but, well although because... it would be hard i think it would be hard to carve up chicago in a way where there there is no republican district in chicago period there isn't no. a single one no so no, there isn't. and and we were looking at these before um You know, the Bobby Rush is an African-American. His district is D plus 41. Mm -hmm. Uh, Robin Kelly represents the second district. Her district is D plus 37. Um, Mm -hmm. There's an open district in the third, which is white and Hispanic majority. Yeah, it's a
3: second. They created a new um, second uh, majority Hispanic district because Because Chicago uh,
1: has a significant a grow, and a growing Hispanic population. Of Hispanic voters, right. So, What do you think about that as opposed to redistricting by party? Do you think that districts should be carved out for um, ethnic and racial minorities? Well, it sort
3: of already is required via the Voting Rights Act that <laughs> that minority voters should have the opportunity to elect candidates of their choice proportionate to um Population, yeah, proportionate to their percentage of the population within any given state. I'm okay, not okay. sure. I'm not sure entirely. I'm
1: not sure how that exactly works. Well, uh, it would, is, if if the concentration of voters is Hispanic, it yeah. would, and you did redistrict it so that Hispanics can't be represented, then then, you then that would be a, then that would be a racial racial, racial <laughs> minority <laughs> <whatever> or majority, <laughs> right? You're. Yeah, that
3: would be a reason not to record. redistrict
1: so that white people only win. And that's been going on for a long time. So yeah,
3: that, I think that's a racial gerrymander that. and that's illegal. That's right. illegal. I you really know, have to right look
1: now. at it the opposite way. Which district did you say was competitive in terms of Republican the, versus Democrat? Is it the sixth? Uh, that, that
3: That would be the new uh, 17th district.
1: Oh, or Sherry Bustos. We're
3: she was Sherry your Bustos congresswoman
1: when, I- when you were at Augustana, right?
3: Yes, correct, correct. And she actually came by my school one time and I actually got to ask her uh, questions. Oh, that's nice. What did you ask her? Do you remember? Uh, Just about her stance on the war on drugs. And she kind of, she, 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 pun- she, she gave an answer that was safe. She gave a safe answer that was yeah. very uh, ambiguous. She, she yeah. gave a very... Um. yeah, ambiguous answer that was politically safe, I think. Okay. And, All right. Uh, but she's not running
1: again, right?
3: She's nope. retiring. She's retiring. Uh, the new 17th is, according to 538, the only real, real competitive district in uh-huh. Illinois. Uh-huh. It has, but it has a leaning of Democratic plus four. So even there, a Democrat is favored to win in a neutral political environment.
1: Right, so but neutral political environment means not a wave election. Yeah, And this is what election. this is what I wanted to talk to you about in terms of um, Lauren Underwood in the 14th. Uh-huh. because Lauren Underwood uh, is very popular among liberals. Uh, she beat out a incumbent Republican in 2018 uh-huh. And uh, she's an African American woman who's working on the momnibus bill which is about maternal health and making sure that Black women uh, have as much prenatal care. And there's a big problem with Black women dying both while pregnant and in childbirth at a much higher rate than white women. And so she's working on bills that will bring equity to health care for pregnant women. She is at D plus seven. Our district's at D plus seven. Cherry Bustos' district is at D plus four the Newman cast in Illinois six is at D plus six. It seems to me that those districts could be vulnerable in a wave election situation where like we had with the blue wave in 2018, where Democrats won 41 seats in the house. If we ever got a situation where Republicans were that popular, Mm -hmm. uh, those d plus four and d plus seven six and seven districts might flip might flip yeah seems to me whereas a d plus 38 or a d plus 44 no would you agree with that
3: well i i would and that's why i think that's why 538 uh differentiates between the grays for for like the really competitive districts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the and then you get the light colors. You get the light blue, the light red. Yeah, and right. and, and, and the, the solid um, blue and the solid and the red. Solid blue, and yeah. what basically what the light the light colors are for districts that are uh, fifteen points to one side or the other or below.
2: Oh, okay. So
3: for example, uh, the the, the Illinois's eighth district. Mm-hmm. is a democrat plus 12 district but because it's under 15 points it's it's it is a competitive democratic it's leaning district. it's leaning not it's, it solid, leans, right it yeah. leans leaning but it's not solid by any okay. standard and okay same same for uh, same for like light republican districts uh to yeah. competitive republican districts they're 15 points or below uh in terms of competitiveness
2: uh-huh. Uh-huh. And
3: um, but then once you get to under five points, then it's a highly competitive district because yeah. any one party could win.
1: Right. Either party. Right. Could win. right, and that's why D plus four isn't enough to make it comfortable for a Democrat make it a, running.
3: Not, not, it's not, not even a competitive Democrat. It's a highly, highly competitive district.
1: Right. Highly competitive district. Right. So. Um, but I was interested in the fact that with Lauren Underwood, who won her state, her, her district in 2018, which was a wave election, and uh-huh. her uh, district at that point was R plus five. And she still won. She beat an incumbent Republican. Yes. and that But that was a wave election. It was an yeah. anti-Trump election. And so she won, and then she held on to her seat in 2020. Mm-hmm. so and i think because she works really hard for her district i think that's why but um now what what has happened to her district under redistricting well her old
3: district was well according to 538 it was r plus three. Oh, okay uh, but uh her old district was basically the the way it looks looked like the outer ring Chicago suburbs, yeah, like the furthest out of the Chicago suburbs.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But her new district still keeps some of those outer ring Chicago suburbs. For example, Joliet
1: is right. entirely
3: within the new 14th.
1: Okay, but well that's going to have African Americans in it too. Joliet yeah. has African American voters, but
3: yeah. but it's pushed it, it's, it it pushed further south and west. Mm-hmm um It's it's further southwest. Her old district had, it it bordered Wisconsin. Uh huh. Oh wow. Okay. The new fourteenth oh, wow. okay. doesn't do that. The new fourteenth doesn't border Wisconsin.
1: And it looks like the new fourteenth has more minority representation yeah. in it. Yeah, it's and again. It's, it, it, what is the, the current? 14th. What is the current leaning for her district at Illinois Fourteenth?
3: The, again, the current leaning was is Republican plus three, but under the new. Her new district is Democratic plus seven,
1: so she's going to be safer. Safer, but not not entirely, safe. right,
3: not entirely
2: safe.
1: Right, but safer. Safe. They they've moved more Democrats into her district. They've tried to district. make it easier for her to. And they've out. and they've moved more Republicans out. That's yeah. also oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's not just about consolidating Democrats; moving, it's, it's about moving Republicans, Republicans out. out. Yeah, and they really this map really does look like a. Um, farm fence around republicans putting wow. a fence around them and saying okay we're going to make your districts as republican as we can by putting all the republicans in there Yep, yeah. and then so your the surrounding Congress. districts much easier to win but doesn't that also mean that crazy wackadoodle republicans can get elected to those districts because they're going to win no matter if they win a primary they're going to win no matter what
3: i mean that is that that is true but I don't really know what else you can do about that, aside yeah. from making sure that there are as few of them as possible in the first place.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So are you defending the Democratic gerrymandering map of Illinois? Um,
3: I am and I'm not at the same time. Okay. Uh, me. Let, let me explain what that means. Under any normal circumstance, I would be against this because mm-hmm. I want, obviously I want uh, maps that are fair to everyone, or, or as my, many people as possible. Obviously, mm-hmm. you're not going to have, you're never going to have like a completely fair map, but mm-hmm. you can have a map that's as fair as possible to as many people as possible.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so, in that circumstance, I'm against this, but at the same time, uh, I realize that. There there are Republican states like Texas and North Carolina uh, that have uh, gerrymandered and there are other states, too, that they've gerrymandered to uh, make it beneficial for their voters and for their control of Congress as a whole. Yep. So anything that can be done to counteract that is a good thing.
1: Thank you very much, junior dude. <laughs> thank you very much, mom. All right. Thank you, junior dude. That was a great interview. Thank you Excellent. very much.
3: Excellent. I'm very I, proud
1: of you.
0: I, you know, I, I kid because uh, he is so obsessed with this sort of thing, but I really do learn a lot. I mean, I do listen uh, attentively when he talks about the mechanics of, of politics and districting and things like that, because he really does know what he's talking about and he's really mm-hmm. good at it. So
1: I'm very mm-hmm. proud of him. He's a, he's a map fiend mm-hmm. and uh, he, he loves uh, knowing those districts and what they represent. So that's really fun. Each week we post to our Facebook page and website and internet kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week's internet kitty is Eloise. Eloise is a large, fluffy, and very serene cat. We think she might have a little bit of Maine Coon in her because she's kind of big. She also apparently controls access to the kitchen sink in her house. Yes. So, you know, you want the sink, you need to go through Eloise.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And of course, Eloise eats freshly poured cat food, our fake sponsor, Whether you serve pet store perfection or dollar store dreck, your cats will sit on the kitchen floor or at the edge of the kitchen sink and demand that the food they eat is only freshly poured. Freshly poured, freshly poured. Oh, my Lord, it's freshly poured. And you can visit. Olive just started walking to the food bowl as I was singing. Why? I,
0: I know that know. song.
1: Hey, I it know that people. song.
0: <laughs> Attention Democrats, branding and repetition actually works.
1: <laughs> Messaging.
0: Messaging.
1: <laughs> you can visit Eloise at our Facebook page or website. And you can send your internet kitty, dog, or other pet to us at our email address, prolefpodcast at gmail.com, where you can also write to both of us. Feel free to write us. We love hearing from you. Be aware that if you write us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service Go Postal Unions letter on the air unless you say otherwise. Hashtag jail to joy. Don't forget our gourmet coffee guideline. If you can afford to buy an espresso based beverage for yourself, buy one for us or five. You know, it's sure. coffee season. Yeah, we'll take we'll take what we can get. <laughs> This is not charity. This is our job and we love our job. So uh, please donate to the podcast. We appreciate it. Approximately 1% of our listeners support this podcast with a contribution and you can too. See our website, ProLeftPod.com for details. Our PayPal postal address information, all of it is there at ProLeftPod.com. Please share our show on social media. And if you love this podcast, number one, donate to the podcast. And number two, get someone else to listen to. Thank you so much for doing that. We love you. Hey, Drift Class, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week?
0: Blue gal, the Internet Kitties cannot wait for Stacey Abrams to be the governor of Georgia.
2: Let's think about living. Think about Let's think about, think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the bopping and the loving, loving, dovey Let's forget about the whine and the crying, the shooting and the dying and the fellow with the switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life.
1: Professional F Podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2021 DGBG Productions.